0: If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 82.
1: You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian.
0: Hello there, and thanks for joining me. Do you have a big decluttering project on your plate that for whatever reason you've been putting off? If that sounds like you... I'm guessing you already know the benefits of a tidy home, and you don't need me to remind you how improved your life will become once the project is complete. What you do need from me instead is a plan. My guest this week is Katie McGowan. Katie is a blogger and a mom of five who didn't have just a little bit of tidying to do. She had a gigantic whole house decluttering project ahead of her. And she's on the podcast today to describe the exact moment she hit her breaking point. She's also here to explain how she tackled the job, what her life looks like today. And my favorite is Katie also shares three important pieces of insight she gleaned along the way. Now, Katie did not just willy-nilly pick up here or there wherever the wind blew her and whenever she found the time. Katie was actually quite systematic about the task. She sat down and she made a plan before she ever decluttered a single thing. And that exact plan is what anchored her efforts and led her to ultimate whole house decluttered success. Now, if you know in your gut that you have a gigantic decluttering project on your hands, and if you also know that you too need a plan to keep you on track and keep you accountable, try out Katie's. It's free and it's in this week's show notes at Mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero eight two. That's M-A-M-A-minimalist dot com forward slash zero eight two. Enjoy the episode. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I always love to talk to a fellow blogger. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I found you and your blog, and more specifically, I followed your decluttering journey over the course of a year. So that's what I would really love to talk to you about today, because it sounds to me that it was somewhat of a transformative experience for you. But I'd first love to know who you are, what you do, where you come from, and what you write about on your blog.
1: I'm Katie, and I'm a mom of five. My kids range from ten and a half down to four and a half year old twins. Uh, so we we packed them in tight. It was not what we expected, but it's what we got, and we love it, but with five kids comes a lot of chaos. And so I had a friend ask how I keep it so real and calm, and I laughed at her. But then I thought about it and realized that that's kind of who I am from that my joy and chaos was born and so my goal is to encourage moms to find joy in their life right now where they're at not the life they're dreaming about 5 years from now when their kids are older or what it could look like if you know they had more money or they had a different job or they lived somewhere else but what it is right now and part of being able to find joy in the daily stuff is being able to manage the chaos that comes with one kid three kids eight kids No kids, just that daily life of meals and cleaning and yada, yada. So that's my passion is just how can we love this life that we have?
0: Were you always somebody who appreciated the present moment, or is that something that you learned over the course of becoming a mother of not one, not two, but five?
1: Uh, No, I've always been a very enthusiastic, how much fun can we have right now kind of person let's pack it all in and put big smiles on our face because it's awesome.
0: Well, You sound like the type of mom that every single child would just be so happy to have. I wish I could say that I (laughs) had a smile on my face.
1: (laughs) I definitely have my down moments where I need significantly less chaos than what Five Kids brings, and especially noise-wise, but it's still fun.
0: You talk about A variety of topics on your blog. And decluttering is, I I would say, one of the smaller topics that you discuss. But we're talking about your process of decluttering your home today. And I know from reading your blog that you have seven people living in an 1800 square foot home. Talk to me about that, first and foremost.
1: (laughs) It is challenging because we have Very little closet space. We have four bedrooms and we have four boys and one girl. So the four boys, they're split two and two. And then our daughter has her own, but it's packing all of their stuff into those rooms. We specifically bought this house because it was the only house we found in our price range that had a kitchen big enough to fit a kitchen table to fit seven people. So you have shoes for seven people and we live in the Midwest. So the weather can change extremely in an extreme variety from day to day. So we might be 80 degrees one day and 60 degrees the next and you want tennis shoes. So we have to have three or four pairs of shoes every season. (laughs) Trying to find ways to fit what we have into the small storage is a challenge.
0: So you say on your blog that you could either get rid of stuff or people to fit. And obviously, you can't get rid of people. So you chose stuff. (laughs) And I want to know, what was the state of your house before you embarked on this year long
1: declutter? Oh, my goodness. It was I look back at pictures, and it causes physical reaction, like my heart starts beating faster, looking at pictures of what it used to be when we moved into this home, I was about 30 weeks pregnant with twins. So I couldn't really do anything. I ended up with high blood pressure. So I had to just sit and rest. So I couldn't unpack boxes. I couldn't put things where they belonged. And then I got put on hospital bed rest for two weeks. So my house just exploded with toys and exploded with baby things. And I looked back and just mountains of toys and mountains of laundry and mountains of bottles and diapers and everything everywhere. And after they were born at the end of 2014, it took me until the end of 2016 to finally hit a breaking point and go, I can't live like this anymore. And so I wrote up a challenge for myself to get rid of it because I knew that if I didn't have some type of list to follow with some type of accountability that I might get rid of some stuff because I'd done it before. We have a constant donation box in our garage, but without a push to make a huge change, it wasn't going to happen.
0: Talk to me about the, you said, I think you used the word challenge that you came up with. Was it more of a schedule or a calendar to keep you on track? Talk to me about that.
1: I decided that I wanted to systematically go through our house rather than just like, okay, I'm going to find 10 things to get rid of today because I could easily get distracted and miss complete areas in our home or spend way too much time on an area that really didn't need it, even though our entire house did at that point. But I broke down our house into 52 areas, like really small at some points where it was like, you're not doing the entire bedroom this week, Katie, you are doing just your nightstands, or you are doing just the drawers in your dresser. Don't look at the top. Don't look at your closet, just inside your drawers. And that way, I knew it was this project, being a mom of five, that I could accomplish in a small amount of time during nap, get it done and move on.
0: Oh my gosh. So I've talked to Dozens, dozens of organizers, declutterers, minimalists, and I have never heard anybody ever tackle, tackle the clutter problem this way, breaking it into 52 small tasks. But it, that is genius.
1: Yeah, it it had to be done that way because, I mean, with at that point, two-year-old twins, and then a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old, there was no possible way for me to say, we're going to take this entire weekend and go through our house, or we're going to take, you know, for the next week. You can't stop life when you have five kids. You can barely stop life when you have any kids. Like they get, they see you pulling stuff out and they're like, oh, that's my favorite toy. Why would you ever get rid of that? And So I had to do it in a way that would fit into our schedule.
0: I'm glad you brought up the kids. And I'm wondering, how did you get the older kids on board? And where's your spouse in all this? Talk to me about all the other people who may or may not have been affected by your uh, decluttering goals.
1: Uh, My husband was super on board. Due to his work schedule, he wasn't around to help a whole lot. He did do the areas that affected him more. So like he did his own dresser because I don't know what clothes he wants to keep and doesn't want to keep. Um, he helped me with the garage because I was, I knew which tools I wanted, but I didn't know which tools he wanted. He helped me with the outdoor supplies and things like that. But in the rest of the house, he didn't care how many towels we owned. He didn't care how many kitchen spatulas lived in the drawer. He just said, you know, whatever you want to get rid of, you go for it. So that was nice that I had that freedom to just do it. As for the kids, they were kind of oblivious as to what was happening, other than we took a lot of extra trips to the thrift store to drop things off. I did their rooms a lot of the time when they weren't around. So like, we send our older boys to their grandparents' house for a week every summer, and that's when I tackled their room because I knew that if I tried to do it with them around, it was going to be incredibly frustrating for me. And it was not going to be productive in making a difference.
0: Got it. So you were pretty strategic about how you got around the the, the problem of decluttering with children. What I love about your posts on this subject is that you don't sugarcoat it, you have pictures that really show the state of your house before decluttering. And I love that because so often on the internet, we just see pretty pictures of perfect houses and you really keep it real, but I'd love to just move into like what you learned from this 52 week experience. And I think you learned some important things about clutter. Tell me about it.
1: Absolutely. Yes. The first thing there's always the possibility of clutter, like It doesn't matter how organized, how incredibly strict you are at putting things away or keeping things out of your house. There's always the potential because clutter is simply either too much stuff or not dealing with it. It's a procrastination issue of I'm going to set this down here and I'll deal with it later. And because of those two things, there's always the possibility of more clutter happening. And I deal with both. I have too much stuff because there's seven of us living in this house and we are toy collectors and we are artsy, craftsy people. And so there's always more stuff coming in. But we're also procrastinators in that, you know, oh, I'll set this here because it belongs in this other room rather than dealing with it right away. So we always have that potential for clutter.
0: Huh. That's really interesting because what I think I hear you saying is that the possibility for clutter is there for anybody all the time, even if you're the most organized person in the world, even if you're extremely diligent at putting misplaced items away. And that's because clutter thrives when either A, you have too much stuff, or B, you procrastinate in putting away misplaced stuff. And for some people, maybe they just have too much stuff. Or for other people, maybe they are procrastinators. But for most of us, we are hit with a double whammy because we have too much stuff and we procrastinate when putting it away. So because we are hit with that double whammy, we have clutter coming at us on two fronts, it's almost even more important to stay on top of it. Got it. Okay. So also as you decluttered, you realized that your stuff was more then simply stop. Tell me about that.
1: There's different reasons we hold on to different things. You might hold on to a gift because you feel bad that it isn't something you want, but you know that person took the time to give it to you. So you're like, oh, I should really, I should really keep this because they went through the effort, but you don't really have any attachment to it. It just sits there. Or it could be that you spent money on it and you feel bad giving it away when you didn't get the use out of it that you should have. Uh, Another reason you hold on to things is the scarcity. I might need this someday. Uh, I held on to my roaster, my big giant turkey roaster for years. I think we got it for a wedding gift. And 10 years later, it was still sitting in my house. I had used it maybe four times because we don't cook turkeys. And (laughs) why take up? Like those things are huge. And it was just taking up all this space in my tiny house for no reason. I got rid of it and I have never wanted it. Never. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the final one is emotional attachments. You know, what do you do with those high school pictures or that, you know, T-shirt from that group you were in or the necklace that your grandma gave you, but you don't like to wear it, but it was your grandma's. So you want to keep it. That's kind of both guilt and emotional attachment because you loved grandma, whatever it is. It can be really hard to declutter emotionally charged items.
0: How did you deal with the emotion and the guilt and any other emotion that may or may not have come up when you were decluttering?
1: It depended on the item. Uh, I still have some I managed to, I'm down to a single shoebox of high school and college pictures. But other things like I had um, cards from our wedding and baby showers and things that I, oh, yeah, I'll I'll make a scrapbook out of these. Well, no, I'm not going to. And even if I did, I'm not going to look at that. It's just, that's more work on me. It's not going to happen. So The things that were really special, I took pictures of because they're digital and they can just be on my phone. If I really want to look at them, I probably will. And if I wanted to make a digital scrapbook or even like a Shutterfly photo book of these were important things to me, I could do that. But the chances are I'm not going to.
0: You mentioned earlier that everything has the potential to become clutter. And I'm wondering... I believe you said you started this journey in 2016. So three years later, how are you maintaining your tidy home?
1: Uh, well, it's definitely not perfect. I don't even know if I would call it tidy because there's five kids following me around undoing everything that I try and do. Uh, it is far from perfect, but it is so much better. I can see surfaces. I don't trip over toys when I walk into our living room. We used to just pack our living room wall with shelving to try and fit all the toys. And now we are down to a single two by four cube shelf for all the toys. I don't feel embarrassed when people come over and have to like clear a space for them. They could just walk in and like, this is real life. Yes, there's some stuff on the counters. Yes, there's some papers laying around, but it's not excessive anymore. And the way I, I have... Tried to keep up with this is that I do one mini declutter each month. Whether it's going through our kitchen desk to rid it of the paper, the school papers that have built up, or I will go back through our kitchen cupboards or the toys. Or we just did one this week. Our church was hosting a garage sale, and so I went through and. I got rid of a ton of kids' toys. We had strollers and ride-on outdoor ride-on toys and stuff that our kids have outgrown. So I just threw them all in the van and brought them because they're not any use to us. So that is the other way that I keep up with it is that I'm constantly on the lookout for things in our house to donate. Like, I picked this up. You know what? We haven't touched this in a month, two months, whatever. It's time to go. So we keep a box in our garage that is our donate box, and it's just the kids know. Like, I don't want this anymore. Cool, throw it in. Throw it in the donate box, and it just lives there, and it's become part of our garage decor. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: I, I think I just heard one of the five kids. Hello, child. <laughs> no, I love. I love that you make donation a constant in your home. Everybody knows where the box is. Everybody knows what it's for. And also, what I love about what you said is that, you know, you don't, if you see something that needs to go, you know it, you know it needs to go. It goes right then. You don't just put it in the corner or shove it in the basement and vow to get to it another day because doing that with one item and then another and another, pretty soon you've got a basement full of disaster. (laughs) So you take care of it right then and there which I've personally in my own life and in my own house find so important. You also mentioned on your blog that it's something I've never heard anybody say before, but it's absolutely true. And so I was wondering if you could explain to me why the thought of starting the decluttering process is always worse than actually doing the job.
1: Yes, this is this is always my roadblock is that I build something up in my brain as this big, momentous thing. And if it's going to be a good thing, sometimes I can end up being let down. And then if it's going to be a challenge, I build it up so much that I don't ever want to start it. And I mean, this was true of starting my blog, it took me a year before I finally hit publish on my first post from when I got the idea. With decluttering, I look at the mess and I see it. And our worst spot, the place that attracts the most clutter in our home is this ledge that is in our living room that overlooks our kitchen because it's right next to the couch. So everybody will set their water bottles there or they'll set the book they were reading or a toy they were playing with so that it doesn't get into another kid's hands, which is ridiculous because they're all able to access the ledge. But it builds and builds and builds if i don't keep on top of it and so there's times i look at it and i can't see the surface anymore and i go oh i have to deal with that i have to deal with that uh, i don't have time right now i don't have time right now but the times i've done it it takes 10 to 15 minutes at most even when it's terrible taking the time to actually jump in and do it it's always easier than what you think it's going to be in your brain
0: tell me about what your life is like now after you completed your 52 weeks of decluttering.
1: Trying to live in excessive clutter is anxiety inducing. So now that we have significantly less stuff, I can walk in the house and not feel burdened by looking around. Uh, cleaning up at the end of the day for my kids is not a tantrum causing request. because before we decluttered, they'd bring out all the toys and it would create like a foot deep carpet of toys and saying, okay, well, let's start with all the red toys or let's clean up all the Duplo. It didn't matter. There's too much and they're, they couldn't handle it and I couldn't handle it. So I would get upset that they're not listening when I'm asking them to clean up. Whereas now I go, hey guys, clean up the toys. And it takes 10 minutes I find what I'm looking for so much easier and everything fits where it belongs. I don't open my Tupperware cupboard and have an avalanche. It all fits and there's extra room to move stuff around to find what I'm looking for. It's definitely a calmer home in terms of stuff.
0: Do you have any words of encouragement for those of us who may be listening who <laughs> know they need to get to work but have been procrastinating
1: start with a visible area a small visible area so like for me right now i can see the top of my dresser needs a little bit of attention i've thrown jewelry up there i've got some books and papers that i haven't dealt with it would be an easy spot for me to just tackle and it would be noticeable because i can see it As soon as I walk into my room, if I'm sitting in my bed, I can see it. If I'm in the closet getting dressed, I can see my dresser. Those spots, you know, it might be a kitchen counter. It might be your fireplace mantle, you know, something that is going to show you progress as soon as you're done.
0: I totally agree with that. And thank you for answering the question in that way, because it makes (laughs) me think about what I do. I like to say that I'm always performing maintenance. I'm always kind of scanning my home to see, you know, what needs some attention. And sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes there's no surfaces that need attention, so I focus on a drawer or a nightstand or you know whatever it may be. But those places don't offer the same amount of benefit the payoff isn't as big because you're not opening that drawer all that often. So if you're pressed for time, you got to go for the surfaces that you look at the most often, your dresser, that catch-all space, the kitchen counters, clear them off. And the gratification really is instant when, when you tackle the problem that way. Clear off any surface. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> Where can listeners find your blog, which is lovely, by the way? Online.
1: Thank you. I am at myjoyinchaos.com and on all social media channels as myjoyinchaos.
0: I'm so excited to have talked to you. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward to following your adventures with the five little ones
1: on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Katie McGowan of myjoyandchaos.com. Her decluttering plan is free and it's customizable and you can find it at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 082. On next week's show, we are discussing why science says we buy things we just don't need. I will see you then. Take
1: care. This is the story of the one.